Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. We love swallowing. Swallow the water there, Luke. Hey, everybody. Hello, everyone. My name is David Bell. My name is Tom Ryman. And we just watched The Mission. It's impossible. Dead Dead Reckoning. Dead Reckoning. Part one. Part one. Jesus. Mission Impossible, Dead Dead Reckoning, Reckoning, part part one. one. Title almost as long as the movie itself. Our lives are the sum of our choices. And we cannot escape the past. Ethan, this mission of yours is going to cost you dearly. It gets it really lets you know what you're in store for. Yeah, it really it's does. It's like Fiona Apple titled this movie. <laughs> uh, this movie is uh, apparently... So here's the interesting first thing. People are being like, oh, it's bombing. Or no, it's like not. it's going under projection. It's not. It's just that when you make movies for $300 million, they all bomb. Uh, yes, I would argue. I think the pandemic has something to do with it. They delayed it, and that probably cost some more money. But like, maybe you know, my first—I've been seeing articles about like why are all the movies bombing, and it's like maybe that's just how much movies make. Maybe that's just the the amount that movies now. Maybe make. there's a ceiling for how much money movies can make. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe not yeah. every movie can be a billion dollars. Anyway, that's not what this podcast is about, Dave. No, it's not. It's a little bit though, because bit. I think this movie is uh a great example it's like the perfect example of what's happening at the box office because uh well let's start with the question how did you like this movie tom i enjoyed this movie fine like any other mission impossible movie before it we we joke about it all the time when we cover these trailers and when we've covered missions impossible in the past where it's they're perfectly they're 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 really good movies they're well made they have great stunts um, and as soon as you walk out of the theater, you never think about them again. <laughs> it's true. I will say, I think this is my favorite one since the first one. I, I actually like this movie yeah. more than the others. And the reasons why, and that isn't to say the others weren't also good. I don't agree. Um, I don't agree totally, but I just wanted to make that caveat. But anyway. For sure. Yeah, for sure. There's a vibe of this movie uh, that I really liked that I felt like has been missing from some of the previous ones and it is i think it is hard to tell them all apart oh i wonder um, i wonder if it's the same thing because i had a similar thought can i tell you real okay. real quick what my thought was yeah it was like the danger of the espionage thank you yeah yes so spy movies i've been thinking about spy, spy movies, movies are thrillers yeah they're almost horror they're almost horror movies yeah because, because it's they, all about they, like i'm sorry go ahead 
No, they're treated like horror. Like there's these moments of horror because it's the idea. It's almost like it follows where it's like it could be anyone. Right. And you don't know. Yeah. The the opening sequence of the original Brian De Palma Mission Impossible where it's the they they have a mole and their mission's compromised. But the way that plays out in real time is like a horror movie. It's everybody's getting killed off one by one and nobody understands what's happening. It's bewildering. Nobody knows where it's coming from. Like there's this tension in 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 these in spy movies of of you know like this the 60s or um 70s uh like this es- of espionage thrillers where there's like this it, it's it does play almost like a horror movie where it's like it, 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 the the stakes are life and death at every turn and it's like it's like a heist movie without the fun it's like a soderbergh movie it's like oceans 11 if they were all going to get executed if something went wrong like it's exactly yeah and you never know when and something's going to go. And something, right? It's scary. Something always goes wrong, and it's always yep. like a big, like "oh shit" thing. Like, and and yeah, I I totally agree. The movies have really been missing that because they pretty much became just straightforward action movies for like two through the last most recent one. Um, yeah, but this and one that's really, fine. and that's yeah, sure, that's totally fine. They're awesome movies. They have great stunts in them, great sequences, a lot of fun bits. I, I think four is the best one still. Uh, but like, you're right. It was missing that, that like thriller espionage element of where it was like, it made you feel the, all the parts of the mission where like, it's not just what Ethan's doing. It's what everybody else is doing as well. That has to all, uh, in, it, come together at the same time in, in order for the mission to come off. But like, there's like it, it, it I, I feel like they haven't really done that in a while. Uh, I, I totally agree with yes. that. Yeah. And I think like when you think about this series, fundamentally, like it's a series where people can wear masks of other people. Yeah. Like that's terrifying and creepy. And this, in this movie seems to know it more. Um, and it's, and it's telling a lot of a, a creepier story. And I think part of that as silly as it is, is the villain which is an ai it is yeah uh, yeah which of course is silly because you know ai is silly but like but, it's, um, it's a movie called mission impossible like it's a based yeah, on a exactly. based it's, on a tv show about like uh, over the top spy hijinks and like you just said it's a universe where you can wear a perfect copy of another human's face like it exactly i sort of when they and so there, there's a scene where like ving rames is explaining to ethan like the severity of, of the entity which is what they call the ai and I, I remember having that thought i was like this is really campy but it is based on a campy tv show from exactly. like 60 years ago and they, they treat it like a ghost like yeah. a phantom which yeah. again is very spy movie to me which is like this mysterious figure that's killing them or controlling like you know uh, pulling the strings uh, but we don't know what it is and that's how they do it in this and i thought that like really kind of made it a lot like the, uh, again the other ones are good but that kind of made it a lot more fresh for me and it felt more noiry and more creepy it was even it though was it still creepy, had like silly yeah. stuff in action um, and I, I, it just stood out to me as yeah. like, this feels more like the vibe of the first one, yes. which I really liked for all of those reasons as well. Where, yeah, like the, the uh, it's a, it's kind of a mystery. You don't really know what's happening uh, until you get to the end of the movie there. It's the sense that you're up against an overwhelming force. Whereas yep. in like a lot of the previous ones, uh, apart from the very first Mission Impossible, like the villain is very clear and identified very early in all the previous yeah. Mission Impossibles. Um, for the most part, except for, you know, the last one, there's like a twist, but everybody saw that twist coming. Anyway, the point is this one, they, it, it still is that sense of this mysterious 
overwhelming force and we don't really understand who or what it is until almost the end of the movie. So yeah, that's it's another really, thing yeah, that has I in think common that's with the first neat. movie. I also think um I like the uh I I, I yeah, I like the reveals they can have. There's a part where they're at a club and they're like who arranges this meeting and they're like we're in, we like we're in it. And you realize, like, all the lights and the screens are the AI. Yeah, the AI has been watching us. The whole time. I thought that was really cool, yeah, because they, they, it wasn't, it wasn't like a cheat because they already showed it to us. So we know exactly. what it looks like. It's just, we, you were just assuming that it was just random nonsense playing on it screens. It looks like a rave. It yeah. looks like a fucking rave. Exactly. <laughs> and then you realize like, oh, the screens aren't showing like rave lights. It's the AI just yeah. sitting there watching. Just fucking There's chilling things out. like that. Um, I also, a big thing that I think the other Mission Possibles have trouble with um, that this one didn't that set it apart, and I could be wrong. I'm I'm trying to remember. Is that a really hard thing that the Ocean's Elevens also ran into? Not the first one, but the later, and some of the Mission Impossibles is like when you're doing a heist mm-hmm. or like a you have to get into this spot or you have to break in. It's so easy for them to sort of just like make up technology for the the people to do, and they sort of do that in the beginning, like in the airport. But for the most part, it didn't feel like they leaned on that where they're like, this is a imaginary technology that can just do this thing. Right. It all uh, specifically because the AI controls all technology. So like like you see, you know, it's the big stunt of the movie to like get on the train and stuff like that. It's like they use they they create these really like simple uh, uh, way like methods as opposed to. Oh, he's gonna pr- he's gonna put this like device against this thing. It'll light up in the door will unlock. I wanted to ta- and it's like why why did it unlock? Because w- we said so, you know. I wanted to talk about that. I think and that's yeah. uh, like the Mission Impossible movies have always kind of been about the stunt. Well, not always, but since like number four on, they've been about the stunts. Um, right. And I like this movie. Like what you're saying, they make all of the the ways to solve the problem. It's like we're not impressed with how like clever. Well, I mean, there's cleverness in the movie. Like, the, there's there's some pretty neat writing and some clever sequences. But it's yeah. not about like what you said, where it's like having somebody have to plug this thing in at the right thing and hack it at the right time. Right. It's not they like make, playing make believe with a child, where they're just making right, up. They make the things. They make the impressive thing the stunt, and like, we, yeah. So, and the movie really, I, I think this one does this better than any of them have so far where the movie, and this maybe this is a symptom of just Tom Cruise getting older, but the movie really wants you to be impressed by the stunts and it treats the stunts appropriately. Like they're, oh, yeah. they're this, this big impressive well thing that you should be like, you're going to feel this. And one smart thing they did with the writing or like the characterization of it is they kind of made Ethan uh, in this movie, kind of more Indiana Jones, right? Like he's every time he has to do one of these fantastical stunts, he's not just like running into it unthinkingly because like, oh, he's just a man. He's no, just he's relentless. Mad about it. He's like the, the guy who's got to get the job done, and this is just what it takes. Yeah, he's like begrudgingly doing. It. He's bummed about it, and like when yeah. he does the stunts, we see that it's dangerous and that it hurts, and that it's not like yep. it's not cool. Like it, when he does the um, 
when he does the motorcycle jump into the wingsuit off of a cliff, I mean, objectively, that's cool. But then it cuts to him as he's like, he has to stay completely rigid in order to fall correctly without killing himself. And it's like, you know, blowing his face. So he looks ridiculous. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get to the train, Benji, don't worry. Like, they really take the time to show you that, like, He's actually doing right. it, and they and want, and they want you to feel like the they want you to, right. They want you to feel the weight of it. They understand that we still need to be able to identify with him while he's doing. So if he's just a yeah. superhero, we're not worried about it. Like we're not feeling it in that way. But like if we know that it's scary and that it hurts and that he doesn't want to do it, like he's like any one of us, where he's like, I don't fucking want to ride this motorcycle off a cliff. That seems scary. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the, well, the part where he like first realizes that's what he's yeah, telling what he him has to, do, to do. Yeah, he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I want to talk about this movie. Uh, I, I, I don't mean to like put down the other film, but it, it, in terms of Fast X, sure, which is, um, I kept because, thinking of the same thing though. But you're right. Okay, so yeah, because Fast X and a lot of I think a lot of action recently doesn't quite understand what we want from action john wick for example the new john wick has some great examples of what we do want yes like that idea of him getting knocked down the stairs and having to start over all the way back down Um, to the bottom yeah and it's something the new indiana jones movie could have done very easily and seemed to not which is like we really like putting the hero in a position where they are they are they're not not the strongest person in the room they don't exactly they don't have all the cards like it's not it's not That's the fun. Whole point. Right. It's there's, so you look at, there's a time and place for that. Like sometimes we do want to see like Superman just mow through people like but sure. But there's I mean that's that's what Die Hard tapped into. That's why Die Hard, you know, like it's we like to see exactly what you're talking about most of the time that's what we want to see and most action movie like you look at the mission impossibles where it's like they always have something go wrong for that reason right right no Um, none of the missions go correctly and that i mean that's pretty traditional like writing when you're writing like heists or things of that nature like something has to go wrong that's just like how drama works but for sure 100 percent. none of them go right in the movies yeah and the more understandable because I, again this is why the other ones are still good but I think they lean on technology too much like when he climbs that fucking tower I believe it's to climb the tower to do like to like hack you know to do some sort of hacking that we don't fully understand right he has to get um, into like some server room I think or something right there's it's very easy to like sort of still yada yada it in a way that it makes it feel I, I, I personally feel it less than well, if it's like, okay, you got to dangle in this room, you can't touch the ground, and you got to like download this thing from a computer. Easy. You're, you're getting something, you're putting it, you know, right, which but the is thing the you first re- one. The thing you remember about that scene is not him downloading, it's him not being able to touch the ground or make a noise. Right. But, there's, but, then, uh, but then there's also a very simple task that you sort of understand. Right. So it all... It, all, it doesn't um, make it too complicated so that the... the, the the thing that you're the stunt that you're seeing on screen is what you're being impressed with and something i thought about just real quick it was just something that you had actually said when we covered one of them jurassic worlds i think fallen kingdom where they don't they don't shoot the dinosaurs like they're impressive anymore like this movie shoots the stunts like they're dinosaurs if that makes sense like i kept having that thought while i was watching it yeah, this this is shooting the stuff because they're really doing it. Yeah, and they want us to know they're really doing it, and they've and they've thought about it, and they've planned it out, and they've done the work. Um, so it, it shoots it as such. And then again, it, he's always the underdog. And I want to talk about so in Fast X that first car chase where he has to hit his car into the bomb 
and it's no problem. Like that's the stuff where I'm like, what, what is even the point of this? I'm not like, it's a CGI car. He's not getting hurt. There's no stakes. He's the, he's the biggest dick in the room I think all the time. Vin Diesel. Right. Whereas right. in this one, they have a car chase where he's like, I need a new car. They put him in a little yellow piece of shit. And I was like, thank you. That and, is the best fucking idea. And handcuffs him to the other woman. to Haley Atwell. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's a great sequence. And then they, and that's they, the they fucking roll like, down the, they roll down a staircase and they've swapped places. That is such yeah, a good sequence. So oh my God. That they, was like this movie kind of rules, that was, right? This movie yeah, kind that, of rules. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that was almost Spielberg-esque. Yeah. That chase is so good because they give the villain a Hummer and they give them this little piece of shit. And it's like, Vin Diesel would never allow that. And that's no, the he'd problem, be, he'd right? he'd be climbing up the buildings on like a motorized scorpion or some shit. Like, right. Yeah. And it's like, you got you to gotta understand why people watch action. It's just, it's for exactly this, where he's, he's constantly in between a rock and a hard place in this little shitty car, bright yellow, so you can't miss it. So you can't hide. Just buzzing down the streets of Venice, just desperately trying to fucking get away from a Hummer, uh, and then like it keeps escalating. Driven, There's a new problem every time. Driven by Mantis from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yes. Who is great? She in was this great. Movie. She's great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's some character stuff with her that I didn't fully understand, but that, whatever. Oh, it's... there's actually a really interesting thing with her that I wanted to talk about. Um, okay, cool. When when they have the the hallway fight that they tease in the um, trailers, uh, but it's really cool. The film it's it's like maybe a foot wide alleyway. It's very stuck again, in. it's shot in this very interesting way, and it's yeah, it's really right. Good. It's 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 actually it's not even in the. This is a an occasion where it's not even in the stunts. It's entirely in the way it's shot. Because yeah. you, they can't do much; they can barely move. But the way it's shot, it's this terrifying sequence. Um, yes. But he basically knocks her out. Basically, she's dazed, and he gets a pipe from her. And rather than kill her with it, he just hits the bricks above her head and just throws the pipe down. And you know, he makes a point. Like he's like, "Fucking fuck off," and then walks yeah. away. So later on in the film, um, the bad guy turns on her because he's like, "Well." The algorithm has told me, like the entity, the AI has told me that you will, uh, in, you know, 99% oh, of futures, okay. you will eventually betray me because Ethan spared your life. So he tries that's to kill actually, her. And so, that's like, the part I missed. So, so when, she, when she saves him at the end, and then it seems like she's dying, but she's not actually dead. Like they come in and she's like, oh, she's still no, got a she'll pulse. Be back. She'll, she'll be back in the next one. But she is like upset at at she's mad at Ethan and she's like, why did you spare my life? And it's not like you could read it initially. You could read it as like, why would you spare my life? Like, why I'm such a terrible person? Why would you spare me? But it's that's not the way she means it. She means it like, why did you do this to me? Because the yeah. act, his act of sparing her life confused the fucking algorithm to tell her boss that he that she would inevitably betray her. So because yeah. he did that. She's fucked now. <laughs> like that's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a really interesting idea to me. Like I thought that was a really cool, no, that's uh, a cool thing idea. to put on a villain. Yeah. What I what I had missed is the and it makes sense now is the idea that the villain was listening to the algorithm. Um because when he said that, I was like, wait, what? Uh, I, it didn't it didn't click yeah. in my head AI that it was because the algorithm yeah. told him that. Yeah, that makes so much sense. So that was my only like question and it's answered now. Um Although I am, I am also a little like unclear about Carrie Elway's um, 
and what they thought they were getting out of this guy. Uh, but it's, you know, Oh, I don't it's know. Fine. It's, uh, it's spy shit. It's spy it's shit. Also like, there's, there's the, I liked that idea because on the train there, they show Kittredge who is not a good guy, but he's definitely, yeah. he's definitely lawful neutral in D and D terms as far as the U S government's concerned. Oh yeah, absolutely. So he's on the train to try and buy this mysterious key to secure the United States superiority. For America, yeah. And then Carrie Elways, who is his boss, is on the train to uh, uh, sell the key to the bad guy to form an alliance to rule the world. So I, I think it's it's showing you that like there are people. It's just a way to show you that yeah, even though it's the idea that everybody wants this key for various right, different reasons, right? Even and even two high level people in the u.s government want it for very different yeah. reasons that makes more sense you know what it was is that i at first i was unclear of whether those two were working together oh no because i was all. like what are the odds they're both on the train but no you're right they don't know the other is nope. there the other thing is i it made me unclear about what the villain wanted because he was like you're the only person who knows where the place the submarine is and he said yeah and he killed him yeah. so that implies that he also knows where it is i assume the AI would 1,000% know where the submarine is. Oh, Why yeah, wouldn't the AI it? Knows, Why wouldn't yeah, the AI know exactly. where the submarine so was? So he's, he's killing <laughs> like, him because he's the, he's the only right, person Right, like, always played a bad hand. Like, he thought he yeah. had something. He was like, I know where the submarine is. It's like, well, why the fuck wouldn't the AI that disabled yeah, the exactly. submarine in the first place know where the submarine <laughs> <What other> is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You played a bad hand, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to go back to the car chase because I'm still thinking about that. Um... Because it, it it's uh, God, it's so good. Because it also it's ends really with good, him. Dave. It's really good. They drive onto the subway tracks. He has to get out of that. Oh man! And, they, and then this uh, very Indiana Jones was reminded me of it. He walks out with his handcuffs, his hands to a steering, to the wheel. steering wheel. It's so good. And has to like, and gets like weird and embarrassed, and has to like hide it. Hide the There's a few points. Handcuffed to a steering wheel. Like this yeah. movie is more Indiana Jones than the Indiana Jones it movie is. that's currently in theaters. There's, there's multiple <laughs> moments where Tom Cruise has this moment of like embarrassment. Embarrassment, yes. where he's like embarrassed about his situation. Like the and like, scene. It's, like it's, this movie yeah. gets it in the way that the new Indiana Jones movie doesn't get it. It's, it's so kind of weird. <laughs> it's kind of wild that this has more Indiana Jones moments Man, to me. Dave, this movie kind of fucks, right? Yes, that's what I was saying. It's my favorite one since the first one. It it, it gets a lot of stuff really, really right. It in my really opinion. nails, even though it's it's like long. But like you you honestly, you don't notice it until you walk out of the theater I and look at your yeah. fucking phone. And you're like, holy shit! <laughs> yeah, it is the. This is of course why movies are underperforming or part of why i think there's not a lot of goodwill towards blockbusters anymore no, right why now. would there? especially there's, not there's, right yeah. now we're in the middle of a labor there's, strike i was about to say there's multiple labor strikes but also people i've noticed it's funny because i i almost feel like heartened by this where i'm like everybody feels like me <laughs> from years ago now where i'm online and people are noticing this bullshit that's been pissing me off for a while like someone was tweeting like like how um that new uh, Secret Wars, like these ridiculous green screen shots where they CGI'd Nick Fury's gun. And it's like, just give him a prop gun. Where it's movies have become 
like there, it's a shot of him like sitting at a desk and it's a green screen shot and people are like fucking why and of course the reason why is because they want their movies to be so modular that they can fix anything in post right that's part of the studio that's problem part it's of not it. the, the other part is it's minimal production co- like if there's no it, yeah. set there's no you know but it's it's people are starting to get wise to the fact that it all comes to the higher ups right which is like it's not the filmmakers fucking up it's not the writers fucking up it's that studios are like we want to be able to edit out blood for this cut we want to be able to change the things they're saying we want to be able for to this cut we want to be able to change this- location if we decide that this should be in a different location and stuff like that and and to keep as much money as possible like yep. you, yeah yeah and it's part of why people were talking about like that's why lighting is so bad because they sometimes they're lighting and they don't even know what the backdrop is going to be when they're lighting it where they're like I it's a green screen shot we might change what the lighting is so let's just make it really flat lighting um, and so it's all leading to like the studio system right now is I think just people are starting to get really wise and seeing like this compounding effects of this where they've gotten to um you know indulgent and so part of it is also like here's a fucking part 10 of a movie it's also three hours long and people are like come the fuck on you know i know like, it's, there, we I talked about to... that in hypecast where it's like okay we got 40 minutes of trailers and then a three hour long movie that's like a fast and furious type sequel or something like that um that's all to say that this movie itself um, I think is more of a victim to that mentality is, yeah. and not actually a product of it. This, this movie, movie is quite good. Yeah, I wanted but, to call that out because this movie's all the missions missions impossible are super episodic for the most part. Yeah. Um, there's some recurring characters, but overall they're all episodic. You can watch any one of them. It doesn't matter. Um, and this one actually even starts with them giving a, giving a rundown of what the IMF even is, which they haven't done in a long time because it occurred to me as I was watching this movie and I'm sure it occurred to Tom Cruise and Christopher McQuarrie when they were making this film. Um, when they were flashing on the screen, like credits, like based on the show created by such and such, it's like that show is over half a century old now, I think. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe it's like we're, we've gotten so divorced yeah. from, like, it's its own IP now, right? Like, it's not even, like, it has nothing oh, yeah. to it's do not with, the TV with the TV show. It's show, yeah. Yeah, it, it's its own separate IP now. So I thought that was interesting no, in smart. terms of, like, and it was really smart, too, where it just kind of, you know, like, I, I saw this with Marina. She's never seen any of the other ones. So... Right. But she didn't need to. Um, you didn't need to. I thought yeah. when I sat down, I was like, do I have to remember the last one? No, I don't. It's a James I Bond. know I don't. Like they, they, yeah. they understand that part of it. Like there's a few elements. Tom Cruise is a that... weird fucking Martian, but boy, he really knows how to make movies. Like, right. He's also part of the problem, which is that we, we were talking about this, which is like Hollywood doesn't have any new movie stars. So like this movie isn't going to get the young people in the theater really because it's for people our age. Like that's the other part of it is that like Hollywood has stopped courting like younger demographics. They right. think they are, but it's like, no, a gritty Willy Wonka. That's not courting a younger demographic. Like you need new movie stars. And Tom Cruise is one of the last. That's why this movie to me feels like one of the last movies from the nineties. Like, the only like it, it feels like it has still all the sensibilities of 90s blockbusters and that's why it feels better like for example their use of cgi is in here there's plenty of, oh, use sure. of cgi yeah, plenty of digital effects in here yeah but 
they're only doing it when they have to. Um, it's to, to augment I mean, or support scenes. To the point that Christopher Christopher McQuarrie, if you follow him on Twitter and stuff, he loves practical effects. He loves stuff like the Texas swap, and he does it all the fucking time. There's like three or four times the, in this movie where he does the Texas swap. Yeah, <laughs> because of the mask stuff. Yeah. Things that normally these days movies would just punt to CGI without even questioning. Christopher McQuarrie still understands it's like, no, if you could do it you practically, just do it, do it's, it it's practically. It's cheaper when you do it that yeah. way. <laughs> like, just have do it practically fuck. first. Fucking, have, all you have to do have an ounce of respect for the medium, and it will but save again, you so much money. It's not on the artist because I, know. I would, I guarantee, every artist would do it that way. It's because they're like the higher ups want this to be shot in a way that it's modular, and we don't know what the finished effect is going to be, and we haven't finished writing it. Where it's like, like I think it's a big part. McCory and Tom Cruise both have respect for the process that the studios no longer have respect for, right? That's a big part of it. Right. And so they they actually map out their movies. They, they figure to, yep. it out. And then they do the effects practically because they, they get to because they've actually planned ahead and they know what the shots are going to be. They know how much they need to film, whereas... So many films now are shot for coverage and, where they're like, and we'll, we'll cobble it together later. And, and make, it's like, no. Make no mistake, Tom Cruise is the reason. Like, if, it yeah, was, if, if Tom powerful. Cruise wasn't the person behind these movies, they wouldn't shoot them the way they do. Exactly. Like, He's using... Yeah. That's the thing. Tom it's, Cruise I, I, does I, what a lot of superstars do. He uses his influence to, yeah. to have power over the shoot. However, a lot of stars do that for ego, whereas he's doing it to like make to like he make sure the shoot's good. It genuinely seems like he wants to make a good movie. Like exactly. that's what he's concerned with. Yeah, for like, people, it, really, quite... it really does. I'm not a Tom Cruise. Like I'm not a Tom Cruise stan. Like I understand. <laughs> I like I, I respect him as an he's actor got and a producer. Lot of issues. I understand he's a weird fucking goblin who audition had his wives auditioned for him by Scientology, but like. It really does seem like he genuinely wants to make a good movie because he it's, understands that if you make a good movie, the audience will respond to it. And that's the best way to make a successful movie. He's good at his job. He's good as at a his producer. job. Yeah. Um, yeah. For people. I don't know if this is clear for people or not. Movies. <laughs> They used to get written, right? They sure and did. They write, sure did. They write the script. That get that would and then people get handed who, to people who who were in the industry used to run studios <laughs> instead yes. of bean counters from Wall Street, <laughs> right? And the producers were there to do money and to make sure everything's on track, right? And to have a bit of creative control if they were in fact creatives. Um, a specific type but then you'd give that script to a director and the director would create a shot list and they the would then interpret the would, script yeah yeah they would do animatics or shot lists um and they would basically like make the movie on paper it's like before even shooting it so it would real, be a series where you'd well hold on let me finish i'm sorry i'm sorry where Dave. he's it, they would say like you know, okay, we're going to shoot this scene this way and it will cut here and we'll cut there. You know, the shot, it'll start on their face and move up to this and then we'll go to this reaction shot and that. And then they'd shoot it that way. So when they shoot it, they'd be like, we know how much we need to shoot 
because we mapped it all out. Right. And that's not happening anymore. And that's a problem, which is now they'll shoot like random reaction shots or like shoot a bunch of coverage Just in case. or do multiple cameras because they haven't mapped out in their head how the movie's going to go. And that creates a, a, a lack of artfulness that, again, it's not really the director's fault because it's mandated upon them more much, than ever. Many of these movies are also still being written as they're being filmed. Which yeah, makes it so be, they're... What I was going to say earlier is it's like, you know how like when you get, <clears throat> if you get like, if you have to make an insurance claim, for like repairs and you get, you need to get a, rep, a repair estimate where they tell you, well, here's how much labor is going to cost. Here's how much this is going to cost. Here's how much this is going to cost. That's mm. essentially what a shot list is. Like when a director interprets the script, it's like, right. here's everything I need to make this movie the way I want to make it. Here's all the shots I need. Here's how much it's going to cost. That's, that's how it should go. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's what I was going to say earlier, but yeah, exactly. a lot of these movies do this without that (laughs) they have these they they're shooting them like fucking documentaries almost and and then there's these bloated budgets because of what you're saying they don't know what to expect they're seat they're tossing everything to cgi that's why we get a lot of bad cgi now because it used to be you know a lot of bad acting too because you you never know what scenes are going to connect what lines are being rewritten yeah, you don't know who you're actually saying the lines to. You don't know if the scene is going to change. It's yeah, right. Marvel is of course the king of this, where it's so modular that they can just pull out people and put them in stuff like the Civil War fight, where they so like all right. A, a very good example is like yeah, the Civil War fight at the airport. They never even went to an airport to shoot that, and it's like go to an airport, like shoot in the location what but to them since there's so much cgi they're like might as well do it all and then we can pull out characters from the trailers so we can reveal them later they do shit like that right like the spider-man was a big um offender for that where you could obviously tell that the the shots in the trailer were like oh there's other people in this shot that they've removed right yeah but in, in no way home you could like there was a shot where lizard was clearly getting punched by somebody but they were invisible yeah in the trailer yeah and it's like well that's another spider another spider obviously um but like all this this freedom that they get that that, that when you think about it it's almost all around their ability to sell it and market it it's better for the trailers if we can take blood out or characters out it's better for it's better for overseas if we could do that if a character cgi we can even fucking change the the his lips or her lips to say in things in a different language. It's all now focused on how much easier it is to market a film or to sell the film than the other side, which is what they should be focusing on, the which is making is. the movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's so frustrating. And so it's really refreshing to watch this movie, which might've had some elements of that. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure it did. But it feels like a movie that actually put the movie like in the action there's, and there's thinking a, about it There's first. a definite both sides moment in it where like Ethan is riding his motorcycle to get on the train and they're like, uh, Kittredge is talking to um, Haley Atwell, who is disguised as Vanessa Kirby, about like the key and getting the ultimate power that it has. And right. he's like, well, whose side are you on exactly? And she's like, well, if it comes to, I guess I'm on the side of everyone. I, I, th- I, I think I may be m- yeah. misremembering the characters that said it, but like, no, no, they, it's, they, it's they, one of the agents. And he says, when it comes to the end of the world, that's I'm right. That's right. It's, it's Shay Wiggum talking to his partner. That's right. You're right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I totally had it wrong, but like, yeah. And so it, it, it's like trying to make it like, it's, 
they try to make this con- it was the same thing as Top Gun where like we do- they don't even identify who the Generic enemy nation enemy. is it's they're trying to make it this idea that like you yeah, know I- it's 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 the the uh, the Ozymandias plot from Watchmen it's like this, it, well we all we need to it doesn't like our petty differences don't matter it's outside forces that matter but it also doesn't identify like the the outside force is an it's an entity it's an AI so it's yeah. like it has no oh, nation yeah. so it's it, I, it's it's being very safe in that in that respect in a, in a movie that's supposed to be about international espionage it makes the enemy an AI that has no nation it's being very studio safe, yes. which I, I, I think we've had for a, a while now where it's like we don't want this. You know, they don't want to have any group as the enemy of anymore. Course. So AI is very convenient for them. Or but it's, it's always also, like it's also prescient and relevant. Like it's actually relevant. So it, it's well, like not it doesn't it yeah. doesn't feel that creatively bankrupt because it is actually relevant no, it, like you were saying feels, earlier yeah it feels as creatively bankrupt as any blockbuster um which is to say like yeah that's fine like this is still a blockbuster you know of course i will say for a blockbuster this this did something that i did not expect that i thought was actually bold and they mentioned a few times where someone says listen here our next war is not going to be a cold war it's going to be fought like on the ground and it's going to be over our resources our air our water our dying fucking planet and i was like damn way to bring down the mood at mission impossible because you're not wrong and i was kind of impressed that mission impossible actually mentioned that shit where it's kind of like in succession where the guy's talking about how water is the next thing we have to buy like it's it very matter-of-factly has government people say, like, listen, the next war is going to be over our resources because our planet's dying, uh, so that's why we want the entity. Uh, and I thought that was fucking dark and yep. and true. It's grim. Yeah, it's very grim. I respect that they give Ethan some complexity in this movie. Yeah. Like, I really respect that <sighs> it's clear he's a man that has nothing like except for yeah. his, his team is the only it's the only proof he exists is his team so he will do he will die for his team like even, yeah, he's given up on a life even even Haley atwell who he barely knows and they make a point of that where she's like he's like we'll accept you and i will your life will always be more important than mine he's and she says well you don't even know me and he says well what does that matter like it yeah. does, like and they they do a compelling thing where like they identify him as a man like the bad guy tells Haley Atwell Gabriel tells Haley Atwell that like Ethan's a guy whose people don't matter to him it's only the mission where it, and it's the exact opposite is true where it's like the mission is his reason to exist but like his team is the only proof of his existence it's like so they do this yeah. kind of interesting thing with that where like he's told that the fate of the world rests on him not killing Gabriel. Yeah. But, and, and Luther like Ving Rhames drills that into his head before he gets on the train. It's like a two minute dialogue. Sequence yeah. He's, he's just he like, listen, I really need head. you to not kill this you guy. You need yeah. to not kill him. Like the Where fate he's of the like, world. He's like, no, I won't kill him. And he's like, I won't kill him. I promise. I won't kill him. Are you not gonna? So like yeah. and when he gets to Gabriel and he's beaten him and he's got a knife to his neck and Gabriel reminds him, I'm the only one who knows the key does. And then Ethan thinks for a second about how he's killed Rebecca Ferguson, which I want to talk about in, in a minute. Yeah. I want to talk about that. Um, and he's killed 
somebody else that was close to him, which is apparently what got him into the IMF in the first place. Ethan decides, fuck it, and starts yeah. trying to murder this guy. Yeah, he like, weighs, he's like, okay, I know I'm like, not He's going to but... throw away the fate of the world because he hates this guy so much and because he infiltrated his family, which is like the only proof that he exists. I thought that was a really interesting thing to do with his character. I, because I thought it was of, too. Most of these movies don't do anything with Ethan. Ethan's not a character in most of these movies. Yeah, and in this the movie, part. they actually kind of give him something that I could identify and articulate, and I thought that was really yeah. cool. The problem um, and the reason why they don't get to do this that often is the franchise of it all, right? Which is like when I was thinking about this, like really, like the only person who's been there for, since the first one is Ving, Ving Rhames, Rhames, right? Yeah. And so, like, I honestly, I think they should do more with him, where it's like his life is in danger or something because he's. Like that's the issue is they they go through so many people and they do it very sweatily in this one where they just swap women and I thought that well, was a little weird. A, I wanted to pause on that when I said I wanted to talk about yeah. Rebecca Ferguson. When you said they go through so many people, they don't. They go through so many women. Yes, they go through so many women. Yeah, and that's and that's the, a the, bit of an issue. The with Mission this Impossible series. franchise only has room for one woman at a time. Exactly, and it's really and embarrassing. <laughs> And they're always like kind of romantic interest, but, but they don't really. also want to because they know it's a little gross. Because they know it's not right, but like, yeah. they know it. They know it. Like the audience wouldn't be totally down with it. Like they wouldn't think it was cool. Yeah, but like I don't know. It's so weird. It's a hit. It's a hit against this where they. I mean, they introduced um, a few other women characters who are clearly coming back in this one, but it did feel like it was like so blatant, which was like, oh, there's this new woman. Uh oh. You're going to have to go now. And it was just like, fuck, right, they, man. They, Can't they, they just they both exist? They literally they the same. They literally kill off um, Rebecca Ferguson to replace her with Haley Atwell. And it's such yep. a bummer. Because Rebecca they both, Ferguson again, was they so both cool. Look identical. And I love her. Yeah. Well, they yeah. don't look identical, but I see what you're saying. But they're both like they they're they're like they dress them similar. They have similar hairstyles. Right. They're, right. Where they're they're both like, Yeah, I see what you're saying, yeah. It's real like it's a real like old mommy for new mommy situation. Right. It's really it feels swapping like. out an old model for a new model, even though yeah. I think they're the same age. Yeah, <laughs> like. exactly. And so it's and it's, I, and it's, it's like been... it's like three co- uh, relentlessly aging men and a and a new much younger woman each film. <laughs> like right. it's and really it's like, embarrassing. Come on, guys. Yeah, <laughs> like they Can booted out Paula this? Patton and uh, like. Uh, um, we had uh, Tandy Newton. Uh, oh shoot! But that's I, I forget. Um, Tandy Newton. She wasn't I think. One of these. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't remember what she she recently um, corrected her name, and I don't remember what it was. And I apologize. Oh really? But she yes. But she was in number two, and she's not in any other movie. Number three is um, gosh, his his wife who is was it True Detective? I think so. Yeah. I think. Uh, oh gosh. And then like four is Paula Patton and they kick her out. And then five is when Rebecca Ferguson comes in. I'm pretty sure like they just keep kicking out these women (laughs) every film. (laughs) It's maybe the women are like, listen, he keeps trying to recruit me and I want out of this movie. Like maybe there's something internal happening, but it really does. It's very blatant. uh, And that's like the biggest hit against these films in general. Michelle Monaghan. Yep. Um, and so, like, yeah, these movies aren't perfect, but they are, again, they're, uh, in no, they're terms of perfect. action they have, movies, they in have... terms of action blockbusters, they're a step 
above the rest. These are what me. the Bond movies y- used to be. Like, yeah. like you know, it's an it, you know, there's a new Bond girl, quote unquote, each film. But like the stunts yeah. are spectacular. It's and that's really what it. It's all about the scale of it and the I, scope yeah, of it. Even the newer Bond movies did have stunts and stuff, but Bond just kind of got lost in its own lore, uh, and then they. It really got it, it really got obsessed with the lore, which they mistakenly thought was what we liked about James Bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So every now and then that happens. The lore of James Bond. (laughs) Yeah, where they're like, "It's Spectre." We were behind everything, and I was like, "I don't care." Care? I don't care. Just yeah. Um, I want to shout out some other sequences in this. Um, Do it, please. First is the use of the mask in the beginning when the, the Carrie Elway's meeting, I thought was really cool. I, I wish it wasn't Ethan Hunt. That was the reveal, but they did a really good job with that, which is that they, we know, we know what this movie is. We know the mask system. So they do this thing where they're all having a meeting, the leading leaders, and then they show a guy walking in and it's like, you didn't show anybody else walking in. Why would you show that guy? Well, and they, they, also, and they, they also show that each person, the, like they show a few people in the room notice that he's late. Yes. And then he's just there talking throughout the scene and you just see him in the background of all the shots and they keep sh- cutting them a little bit, but you're just like, what is, who is he? But in the nature of What's the movie he is, do? you don't know if it's, if it's a person in a mask or if it's as a person who's like going to be a double agent. It's like really, yeah. it's a good, they, under- they, they understand what they have with this movie and they play with it. Yeah, they understand the tension because then you see him like open up his briefcase and you're like, what is he doing back there? What you doing, buddy? Um, and that's a really fun idea. And then he gasses the whole room and it right. turns it, out he to be It is the Tim um, Burton's Batman thing with the yeah. put this on right now. Yeah, yeah. And they, they're very good at stuff like that. I want to note that there's music in this, but they know when to drop the music yes. um, and just let the tension play out. Um we haven't talked about the train crash ending, which I think is a really good set piece. Even though it's reliant on CGI, it would have been models in the 90s like it always would have been. Um, I, I think do, they might have crashed however, the train for real. However, I was about to say, I yeah. do believe that initial crash is a real train. Yeah, it might have been a model. Again, that's that's the stuff. This is where I'm talking about where it's like, yeah, you need CGI to do a lot of this. Right. That's, that's understandable. But... The sequence does it's still very good because they keep it very well, simple, like, which is it's, it reminds the me idea. of the, the Lost World sequence. Yes, it's very much that. Yeah. Um, and what it does again, this is so. Oh, God, I, right, sorry, <laughs> I want to so talk good. about the train it's in so general. Fucking sorry. good, Dave. I want to go back to Fast the and The piano, so, Dave. When Vin Diesel drives directly down a dam, my brain short circuits because that's just a cartoon, right? Yes. And it's like, it's supposed to be it like, look how awesome anything. this is. It doesn't mean anything. It's meaningless. It is because there's no real stakes. There's no struggle. He's having an easy time doing it. It's just a meme. That's all it is. And it's, it's devoid of entertainment as far as I'm concerned. They do a sequence where he's on the top of a train. Let's start there. And again, plenty of CGI in the sequence. They actually shot on a train, but there's plenty of CGI. That doesn't matter. What matters is, for example, the train goes through a tunnel and they have to duck down. And they keep having to duck down because these fucking railings over them, right? And they, they you really feel it, that yeah. these railings are almost fucking decapitating them. And then they're crawling in this in train. The tunnel, and the, in the tunnel. And there's a light, the light that decapitates Dennis Hopper in speed. But it keeps, yeah, it keeps it's zooming not, it's by. Never in the right, it's never in the same spot. It keeps being yeah, in different spots. Yeah, so they spots. keep having to move. So there's yeah. like a game and tension. Then the bad guy whips out his knife. And it's like, not now, buddy, really? I, and he's I like slashing at him. When he pulled out yeah. his knife, I fucking laughed. I was like, of yeah. course. 
Yeah. And so they keep escalating it, and, ne- and Tom Cruise is never in this position of he's not handling it easily. No, In fact, no one is, not even the bad guys. And it, so it's doing this very spectacular thing. But then it's thinking about what the grounded reality of that would be and showing the effects. So you go back to Vin Diesel driving down a dam. If they did that and he just shattered his body in the process and barely made it out, then it's like you'd earn it, right? You earn the action yeah. sequence or the set piece by having it affect the people in a realistic way. Well, there's, there's, there's something I wanted to call out, and it's such a small moment, and it doesn't mean anything. But it's during the car chase sequence when they're in the little piece of shit yellow car and they, they get um, T-boned while they're in the traffic circle and they spin around, they crash into like a fountain or something. And Tom Cruise gets out of the car and he's getting Haley Atwell out of the car. And he's like, are you okay? Are you all right? Are any bones broken? Are you all right? Like they, yeah. they really do want you to understand that this is dangerous. Like it's not like, exactly. it's not like fast. It's the complete opposite of the fast movies where it's like, they're right. all superheroes and none of this matters. Like this movie understands the thing that Indiana Jones understands where it's like, stakes the stakes we get more like the raid or like any of those cool ass action movies we get more invested when we feel like the hero right. is vulnerable like and you know don't get me wrong they're still wearing all the plot armor. of course and they, we they know would... they're not going to die but like it, it's still like when they take hits and that you see that they take the hits it makes right. it so much more impactful and they're uh, again it's not only that but like you know like when she gets out of the car with no broken bones that's unrealistic but speak but we don't think about it as much because the characters stop to actually consider. They checked. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like in the new Indian Jones, they, he gets they, shot. They, they, he gets I, shot and then like lasts for like 40 more right, minutes. And then he's fine. But and they, it's, yeah. they, it's the, the fact that they identify that it's a problem, like the fact that yeah. Tom Cruise doesn't want to jump his motorcycle over the cliff. <laughs> like, it's dangerous. Like, I don't want to do this. It's scary and it's dangerous. And the ending on the train really thought, thought about that because then the train... You know, it's a runaway train. After they're on top of the train, the train, uh, they detach the train from the, the, the front. It goes off of a, a exploding bridge, but then the rest of the cars start slowly going over. And of course, our heroes over, are, yeah. yeah, our heroes are at the front. And what they did there was so brilliant, which is that they're going from train car to train car. As it's slowly tipping, they have to get through that train car to the next. And they'll do stuff where they have like the dining kitchen car with hot oil. Um, in the, the fryer the, 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 spilling everywhere. I was like and gasping every time they too. showed the fryer. I was like, oh my God, get out of there. Because <laughs> like, again, they don't just have them run through it. They, they treat each car. It's a problem. Car. Like it's, a, yeah, it's they, an obstacle. Exactly. They treat each car like its own individual unique problem. And it was like, that's so fucking smart. Because that's actually what would happen. They're trying to get from A to B. That's more of a problem than, than just running it. Like they have to get through by like traversing like hot ovens and like and like uh, like hot oil and they're grabbing onto the equipment and they're trying to figure out a way through and they do that for every car and then there's like the piano piano and they they, god something that would have been a two second set piece in like like triple x2 has a train thing where he just like jumps off the train something that we we take for granted in other movies we just yada yada that with cgi sequences they they save in in a superhero movie the friar thing would have been like it's oh oh hot you know like on his buns or something but it's like the fact that this movie takes the time to be like no these are like real people and this is a fucking obstacle to have to try to get through and it's missing it's not from easy. so many movies now. Yeah. 
Um, again, the t- the Jurassic World is a very good example where it's like dinosaurs are big problems. <laughs> They're big Wait, problems. They a, shake everything around them. If you saw a dinosaur, them. you would shit. Like, yeah, like and, it's so big. Like you wouldn't right. be able. Like your mind, you would shit. Like it's just what would happen. You would shit. You would shit. And so to see a movie like kind of shoot things in a grounded way, treat things with the respect and like the 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 scale that they deserve compared to the people and like really have fun with it it's just mm, really refreshing of of an action movie to see all of this put together in this to for a plot that's perfectly fine like it, it, I, well, i'm like sure you there's were some saying, plot holes in like there you, like you were saying i appreciate matter. how straightforward it is it's just like you need yeah. to get this thing we don't know what it does but and these then, people want it these people want it and these people want it that's fine it doesn't need to be super complicated it really doesn't and then, yeah and then they he gets the thing and it's still a part one and they still are managed to make it feel like a complete film where it's like he got the thing his character had an arc and now it's like okay gotta go find the submarine yeah but the mystery of the key is part two yeah yeah it's very lord of the rings in a weird way because it's like now to go to mount doom you like it's that feeling yeah where they end on like showing the submarine of like this is where we're going folks and then it's it ends uh and so yeah it's a very good movie really it really was yeah it was refreshing to Man, watch. Tom Cruise is on a roll. Like Top Gun was really fucking good. And this movie yeah. is pretty damn good. I'm sad that audiences, that these are coming out in a time where audiences are very, very fatigued. Uh, because I do think this movie deserves more. But then you look at this fucking month and it's like, I get it. Like to watch all the films coming out this month, it's like a day's worth of watching, right? Cause they're all like three hours long. Right. And then they have the, no respect for people's time. No, not at all. And that's the thing. This movie probably, they should have cut it down yeah. because all movies should be, uh, but it's still I mean, very in, good. In, unless you're making a specific artistic statement. Like if you're, if you're making a movie to be in theaters, you're making an epic. Yeah. Um, we used to have intermissions yeah. to solve this, yes. like have an intermission then Yes. and understand that a long movie is a big ask that we can't, we can't ask for every fucking movie. Right. Right. We just can't. Like uh, over two hours. How long was the like? I feel like even the Little Mermaid movie was long. Like kids' movies used to be. I'm pretty sure it's over two hours. Yeah, two hours and fifteen minutes. There's a reason kids' movies were always ninety fucking minutes. Not even. Um, Not even. Dave, the Lion King is sixty nine minutes long. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Meanwhile, the 2019 one is over two hours. Yeah. Don't do that. It's it's no it's exactly two hours. It's one fifty eight. Um, it's again okay. still a little too long. It's just like it's literally twice doing, as man? long. I think it's I don't know what I don't know what they're doing anymore. I think it's just uh, excess and lack of restraint, right? Well, it's listening um, to the. I, I, don't, I mean, this is we've talked about this on many a hype cast, but it's I think it's like listening to the wrong things, like being too. I think the runtime is 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 like because obviously the reason to keep run times at two hours is is to so you can get more showings into a day that used to be the financial strategy behind it but right. it's like also it used like, to be that literally film you just could only fit so much film correct but right. now it's there's all only digital so, right there's only so many you could fit on a reel um, and yeah. have you seen like the, they've been uh, the the 
images of uh, the uh, IMAX print of Oppenheimer have been going around social media. Oh, yeah, I think it's madness. It's crazy. Yeah. It's fucking huge. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's part of that is a symptom of being too online, where it's like they listen to a vocal online audience that just wants movies that are impossibly long. And it's like, oh, it should yeah. be. It, it have, it, but nobody actually wants to go to a theater and carve out like that much dedicated time in their day to seeing a movie. Yeah, unless you're making an epic. Right. Like 2001 A Space Odyssey, only two and a half hours long. And in my mind, that's a long movie. You know what I right. mean? Like like, it should, it, the, the subject matter should justify it, too, for sure. Like Oppenheimer, I understand that movie. Oppenheimer makes sense. Yeah, yeah Oppenheimer makes perfect Napoleon, sense Napoleon, the upcoming Napoleon movie, three hours. Of course it is, you know? But like yeah. a Ninja Turtles movie or like an Indiana Jones movie or a Transformers movie or a Mission Impossible movie should not be close to three hours long. Yeah, that's, there's a reason we call things epics. Yeah. (laughs) For the love of God. Um, I understand if it's like the last one, you know, but like, yeah, know what you're making. Just know what you're making and know the length of something like that. Um, You know, action movies used to be fucking 90 minutes. Um, What's the first first Mission Impossible? How long was that movie? I bet it's about an hour and 40. Um, let me look it up. Unfortunately, when you Google Mission Impossible, um, okay, Mission Impossible 1, an hour and 50. That's fine. That's pretty close. That's pretty close. Yeah, it's with credits. It's with credits. Yeah. They don't have to be that long. I mean, again, the, this the, movie was the, a the blast. Long, the, the, longer they, like, the longer they get, the less complicated they can be. Yeah, and again, the the more also budget of 80 million for that first Mission Impossible. Oh, wow. Um, that's, I didn't, that's surprising. That's more than you probably thought, right? Yeah. I figured it was but like 60 million. But then you compare million. it to this one, Lord knows. Oh, the budget of this one was almost 300 million. Yep. And it's like, yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, what are you doing? Like, it's Mission Impossible. Don't make a $300 million. It's so hard. It's, it's, it's not making, it's making like $80 million in domestic right now. And it's like, there's no way you can expect that to make back they didn't make all this that for, money. They didn't make this for domestic markets, Dave. Yeah, I know. I know. But it's like, yeah, a $300 million, nearly three hour long Mission Impossible. It doesn't matter that it's good. Like you've lost the thread. You've lost, you've forgotten why people watch movies and watch these movies. You're you're abusing your audience. Like you really are. Like that's, and that's kind of like what's happening with blockbusters right now where they're all over long, bloated budgets. Uh, Over long. Bad. Like they're bad, like actively bad movies oh um, yeah uh, um, this, this, I was this one at... is not so like what you were saying at top this feels like a victim of this rather than a, a part of the but problem yeah like if this movie on its own was like in a you vacuum know, like if we... this movie would be incredible like this yeah but if this movie was the shit. only movie like this to be released in theaters in the, in the summer of 2023 this would be the, of course this would be the biggest movie this summer right of course it but would look be. at like look at the highest box office 2023 it's number 10 is fast 10 after that's transformers creed 3 john wick 4 ant-man 3 avatar 2 little mermaid remake guardians 3 spider-man across the spider-verse that's sequel super mario brothers adaptation it's like 
Like, no wonder people are fucking sick of this. You go to 1993, 20 years ago, Jurassic Park, The Fugitive, The Firm, Sleepless in Seattle, Mrs. Doubtfire, and Decent Proposal, In the Long Line of Fire, Aladdin, Cliffhanger, A Few Good Men. Like, yeah, you got some blockbusters in there. You got some adaptations. Movies. They're all so yeah. great. <laughs> 96, like, you start getting things like, uh, that's when Mission Impossible came out. It was also there with Twister and Independence Day. Happy Gilmore. Um, yeah. The Rock. And like, yes, there's some sequels here. Batman Forever is in 95, but it's the uh, that and Ace Ventura 2, Die Hard with a Vengeance. It's like, okay, you got three sequels, everything else. Oh, no, GoldenEye is technically a sequel. So you got four sequels, and the rest are like uh, uh, original stories-ish. Um, like, there's a, there's a balance. I'm not saying never do sequels, but it's like, the, it's so saturated that it's like why would people want this lineup anymore it's exhausting it's exhausting like well, uh, each each last one, year each one you do makes it feel less crucial you know what i mean like yeah. each installment like this is the sixth or maybe even the seventh mission impossible movie i think it's, a, it's the, a seventh this is the seventh yeah so it's like it, it feels less important you know like after a while you're just not going it to tune. It's you're just not going to tune back in. You know what I mean? Like if you if you treat it like a television show, and we're just losing that ability to tell new stories or to tell really action stories or adventures that feel like last year the top out of the top ten five were superhero movies. Yeah, and some of them were good, some were bad, but they're all like just cartoon shit. And it's just, it's just, I don't know. It, it, and then we have yeah, Avatar and Jurassic World Dominion. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, it's no wonder people, this is, this is it. This is the stuff they're pushing. Uh, no wonder people are starting to get really sick of this shit. Yeah. Uh, and so, I don't know. Make Dead Reckoning 2 and then stop making these. Make different movies. Make different movies. Make, make new different movies new movies. For movies. less money. Yeah, make some new movie stars. Make some, uh, you know, or take the movie stars you have and make new stuff with them. Yeah fuck's sake you know yeah so it's it's this is a great movie like you should see mission impossible dead reckoning it's a lot of fun but if people are like i'm so fucking tired <laughs> then i but get it you know it's, it's it's indefensible in in that respect yep. and, really and well yeah and in 2023's defense barbie and oppenheimer are right around the corner and those are two original films and I bet they might perform a lot better. Barbie is Original, IP, but yes. In quotes, but yeah. you know what I mean. Um, I, I really do think like it's just Indiana Jones and fucking Mission Impossible. It seems or whatever. dismal right like, now. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I don't know. It's, no, it's, it's, it's that I, I, it's, it's the too little too late where it's like, it doesn't even matter if these movies are good anymore. They're just exhausting because there's so many. of. It's them. just noise at this point. Yeah. Yeah. We've gotten and so many. flooded flooded the market with them too it's unbelievable this month it's fucking unbelievable there was an indiana jones out this month i know who gives a fuck yeah who gives a fuck people have already forgotten about it the movie this came out movie, three weeks ago nobody gives a shit about it <laughs> yeah <laughs> nobody is even talking about this movie like not even this, three, movie, came, this movie came out that the indiana jones came out two weeks ago <laughs> yeah people shit yeah. about it there's a Haunted Mansion movie coming out this month. Sure, um, probably. Yeah. There's so many, and it's just like, yeah, we can't fucking... We, we, we can't keep, at, keep up with this, you know? I don't know. It's, it's just... It's 
too much, too much excess, too long, uh, too many sequels. It's just so clear that people are exhausted. There's a bird box. There's another bird box. Yeah, who gives a shit? But I do want to say that it, this this film, out of any of the blockbusters that you've we've listed thus far that I've seen, does actually seem to respect the audience. Like it. This is the. This is yeah, a great the, movie. It really is. This is probably the best one this month so far. I'm sure Hoppenheimer and Barbie will be great, um, but there's just too much. You know, this should have dominated this month. It really should have, but I don't know. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, this, if you're going to see any movies so far in July, this is the movie to see. Skip Indiana Jones, skip anything before it. I don't even remember. See this, or of course, Sound of Freedom. (laughs) (laughs) They're doing the Uh, L. Ron Hubbard with Sound of Freedom. Yeah, God damn it, Sound of Freedom. Buying up tickets. Like, there's, (laughs) they're actually like conservative. Uh, mouthpieces are actually posting. It's so funny. Images where of like, empty theaters where it's like, this is a weird conspiracy. It's like, no, it's not a weird conspiracy. It's because you and your fucking friends are buying up all the tickets to make right. it seem like it's a big hit, but nobody's actually watching this movie. It's really funny it's that like, they didn't identify their own, the, their, own the, the, their own thing that their they were doing. Yeah. yeah, it's the They're same like, Why thing. is this? The reason uh, Battlefield Earth is a fucking historic bestseller is because Scientology rallied around it and bought pallets yeah. of, the, of the book. Pallets of yeah. it. Yeah uh so yeah don't i guess don't see that movie (laughs) probably don't see sound of freedom yeah it's probably bad yeah it's probably bad it's probably pretty bad shit sorry i I, we're now just shooting the shit you know what else is coming out fucking cobweb is coming out uh next weekend that's the one by um uh what's their name who did the thing that i like man i'm bad at talking um um uh marianne it's the director of marianne Oh, I gotta word. see that. Yes. No, I, I remember. It's limited the, release. Right. Everybody see Cobweb. Do that. I'm just talking. Dave, this let's, just talking. can we end? Can we, let's be done. We let's can be absolutely done. Tell them some stuff. Tell them some stuff. I, I just hope people want to understand for all our bitching. This was, Dave, I really enjoyed this movie. I just want to say I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah, it was pretty, um, this is a pretty good movie. Honestly. I had a lot of fun. Truly, yeah. honestly, great movie, victim of circumstance. Yeah, bad timing. Bad timing. This is, um, this is, we have a Patreon time. We do. Uh, Patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. You go on that, you get $5 a month, you get ex- access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Fox Mulder's a Maniac, Star Trek The Next Futurama, Spielboys, all there for $5 a month. Check it out. We also watch movies with our patrons every Friday night, and we have a Discord community, and we have custom We Just Watched episodes, and all sorts of goodies on there. Patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. Indeed. We also have a store. Head over to GameFlateEmployed.com where you can find a link to our Teespring store where you can find all kinds of cool original artwork and designs. You can get on t-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all sorts of things. So slap your impossible peepers onto that. Yeah. You goofs. Remember remember the theme? We went dun 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 and then it went dun 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 after that. Yep. That was pretty cool. It's the first song I learned how to play on the guitar. Nice. Yep. So you can imagine it does, doesn't doesn't demand a lot from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's perfect. Though. Yep. And then it goes, and then you know it ended. <laughs>